and welcome to another edition, another episode of Fleet Die Hard, an independent view from an independent supporter. As I always say, of all things on and off the pitch, of my very, very favourite football club, Epsilon United. Uh, so I'm going to start this uh, this episode slightly differently. Uh, this episode is relating to our away game to Barnet. Uh, Barnet FC, I shall touch on that in, in a bit. Um, but first of all, I'm going to talk to you about... Uh, so we got on the train yesterday. So <clears throat> we, had an, we had an away day yesterday. We got on the train. Um, we decided to, to go by, um, by train rather than coach. My little crew of friends uh, have a few drinks, uh, more than a few drinks, as it will become apparent when you hear me speak in a minute. Um, and we ended up jumping on the tube and uh, this chap got on the tube with an Epsleet shirt and come and sat near us. Young lad turned out um, to be a young man by the name of, I believe it was Dan Keenan. Okay. Uh, and Dan um, is a, is the drummer for the club. So really, really good. He's the drummer for the club. Young boy. You say young boy. That's a, that's a, that's a bit insulting. Young man. Um, and we decided to have a, I just managed to get a little chat with him. I just thought I'd see if I could catch up with him. Um, see how long he's been supporting the club. See what his views are. See what he thinks about the club, etc., etc. It really is a, a, a small little section. Um, I do apologise for my slurred words, but I, I had had uh, a few pints, shall we say? Um, but I think I held it together. Anyway, tell me what you think. So I'm on the train. I'm on the. Uh, I'm on the tube on the way up to uh, to watch the Barnet game. Uh, we've had a few beers before we go, so forgive me if this goes. So forgive me if this goes a little bit AWOL. But we've just met a young fella on the train. His name's Dan Keenan. And he is uh, the official drummer now for the uh, fleet supporters. There's two of them, apparently, I've just been told. Adam Harvey. Adam Harvey is the other one. But anyway, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to, talk to Dan Keenan now, who's sitting next to me on the tube. Um, he's, I've never met this guy before. So I'm going to have a little chat with him and talk to, me, to him about his views about Epsilon United. So tell me, Dan, how long have you been a fleet supporter? Uh, I'm going on my third season this year. So three seasons in. And what, and what drew you towards Epsilon United? Uh, Adam, my mate, Adam, he said, uh, do you want to come down and watch FA Cup game late in Orient away? Obviously, granted, won a great game, but I kind of just fell in love with it. Then just kept going and kept going. So perfect. So you're you 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 come along with a friend. You've seen how the team play. You've realised they're a nice local community club, and you've gone along with it. And and since then, you've been a diehard supporter. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely diehard supporter. Yeah. Superb. So here we are. We're a few games in. We're playing um, Barnet away. What are your thoughts today for the game? Uh, Barnet, I've seen, I've been looking at them. Obviously, every, before every game, I go and look at how they've been playing and everything. Barnet have had sort of the same 
sort of a start to us as a season. Yep. And I think obviously you can't know until you watch the game, but hopefully we don't play the same style that we have in big uh, away games. I had like Gateshead. Gateshead was probably the worst game I've ever watched. Absolutely. And we're coming off the back of obviously uh, a victory from our last home game which was, uh, I didn't see it because I wasn't there, I was working, but it, from the commentary that I, saw, I heard, it was a convincing win. Do you think we can go on and get three points today? Oh yeah, definitely. If we play, yeah. if we play how we played on Saturday, we'll definitely, definitely get a lot, uh, same, same score as we did on Saturday. Superb, mate. Listen, hope you have a great uh, game today. Look forward to, uh, to three points and um, keep dra- banging that drum. Oh, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. So there you go. That was uh, that was Dan Keenan, uh, one of our younger supporters, three years as a supporter for the club. Um, hopefully, it's going to be a long term thing. And he's also the the drummer that you will see and hear up at the plough end, relentlessly banging the drum out, which I love to hear. Gives a bit of atmosphere, and occasionally at home game at, at, at away games. When allowed, and I say when allowed, because yesterday's game against Barnet, we were minus the drum, and the reason we were minus the drum, apparently, so I've been told, is that uh, they weren't allowed to bring the drum in. They were told, no, you can't bring the drum in. We don't allow drumming in the in the uh, in this ground. However, the Home fans had a drum. Well, I never. Thank you, Barnet. Fair play and all that. Not very nice, is it? Never mind. Uh, We know where we stand, as they say. And I'm sure... Well, I doubt whether we will, because we're a better club than that. I was going to say, I'm sure we'll repay the, uh, the compliment when you guys come to us. But to be to be honest... We probably won't, because we're bigger than that, and we're better than that. And we're certainly better than you if that's how you treat away fans. Um, I know it's nice to get any advantage that you can, and a small advantage by being slightly louder than us is fine, if that's what you want to do. Any way to uh, to skin a cat, more than one way to skin a cat, isn't it? But there you go. Um, while I'm at, on the point of, of Barnet FC and a little review of the away day experience then, let's talk about that while, while, while we're on the subject. Something else was brought to my attention yesterday as I was, uh, as I was taking my seat. And I had, to, I had to jot it down, otherwise I would have completely forgotten it because I'd had a couple to drink. Um was that, so I didn't travel by coach this time. I normally travel by uh, coach to away games, the ones that I get to. I normally go with the Fleet Trust on their coach. Um, but I didn't this time because it was a, like a weird, the, the the crowd that I'd go with, we'd agreed, you know, we'd make a day of it. We'd go a little bit early. We'd have a few drinks uptown um, to celebrate my good friend Simon his 50th birthday. So, Simon, if you're listening to this, mate, happy 50th birthday again. Hope you had a great day yesterday. Hope you had a great birthday. Um, So, yeah, that was the plan. So, if we didn't go by coach, as we normally would, 
we went up by train. But when I got to the ground and I saw the lady, Tracy, that um, organises the away travel, or helps organise it and the, the coaches and everything else, um, she grabbed me and just said, asked me to put this on the podcast just so that everybody's aware of uh, how, you know, of, of what, what happened. And what happened was that we got, apparently the coach got to the ground as they normally do, into the car park as they normally do, if they can. Quite often they might have to park outside, but most grounds, particularly this level, the bigger clubs will have a, you know, will have a, a car park and you can get your away coach, supporters coach and players coaches and all that in there. Um, however, when they got there, they were forced to pay a £25 parking fee. Can you believe that? I mean, how many ways do you want to get out of the away supporters? So if there's any other supporters of any other clubs in the National League that are listening to this, probably not, but I hope you are, um, just be aware that when you go to Barnet, the two things you need to know. Number one, you won't be allowed to bring your drum in. And number two, if you go up on a supporters coach, they're going to charge your coach 25 quid to park. That's disgusting, isn't it? Talk about fair play. You know, spirit of the game and everything else. Shame on you. And the third thing is this. Okay, when we got to the ground and we tried to get a drink in the ground, we were told that the the card system was down. It was cash only, but only if you had the right money. Who carries the exact right money for a pint of beer, beer on them? Um, so we didn't have a drink before the, before the match at the ground. In fact, we didn't have a drink at the ground at all. Because not only that happened, I've also been informed by Tracy that uh, from halfway through the first half, they run out of food and they run out of hot drinks. So it sort of puts into perspective a little bit my little moan last week about pasties and the price of. The one thing I do, uh, an availability that we run out, um, we do, you know, in general, we as a club, I'm going to come to Pastigate at the end of this, the last section of this podcast, the developments after I posted the last podcast. But, um, you know, we do in general, we're never going to run out of food completely. We might run out of the of, of a specific line, i.e. pasties, pies, something like that. Um, but in terms of burgers, that kind of thing, you're never going to run out, are we? Because we've got the burger van there and so on and so forth. Uh, so, Barnet, not very good. You need to up your game. You want to be a professional. If you're a professional club, act like a professional club. Treat your fans like a professional club. And treat your away fans fairly and honestly like a professional club. That's all I've got to say about Barnet. Um, as an away day experience, apart from the game, which I'm just about to come on to. So the less said about Barnet as a football club, the way they treat supporters and the way supporters, the better. Let's move on to the game. Well, the um, the game, if you were there, 
you'll know that we lost 3-2. By now, you probably know anyway, even if you weren't there, that we lost 3-2, because you've probably read it on social media, or you would have been listening to the commentary, or if you were fortunate enough to be able to stream it, if it's available, you you may have done that. Or you may have just read the review that's on the uh, Ebsfleet United website now, and I'm sure the match highlights will be up soon, and I'm sure the uh, interview with Dennis, etc., etc., the normal stuff, will be up. But here's my take on it. We lost 3-2. We went 1-0 up, first of all. Then we went, uh, we went 2-1 down. Then we pulled it back to 2-2. And then we conceded and lost 3-2. Sounds like a cracker, doesn't it? Loads and loads of goals. Five goals. Must have been amazing. Well, no, I don't think it was. Yeah, we scored two. But I don't think we had many more than two shots throughout the whole match to be fair. Uh, it was one of those situations where, once again, as I've seen too many times this season already, we've only played six games, but once again, we were pushed back and we were pressed very deep. Now, and, and because of that, obviously, we were contained and, and we, we offered very little attacking options. Now, I'm not sure whether that's a fact that we were pushed back deep or whether we chose to sit back deep, you know? We just didn't seem... We, we, we seem to invite this pressure onto us, and I've seen this uh, other games this season. Um, and that's very well doing that if you have the capability to break away and score goals. All right, we, we scored two yesterday. We managed to do that on two occasions. But we weren't able to create many chances throughout the game, we had very, very little attacking options throughout the game. Um, I think we had a 10-minute spell of domination, dominance, should I say, after we uh, we scored our second goal. Uh, for me, call thirst. Mm. Don't like speaking ill of players. He looked out of his depth. He, he was ineffective. <sighs> Not not my most favoured player, I have to say, on his performances. Uh I, I know I know Dennis says how great he is in training. Well, that, that's all right being good in training, but you need to bring that onto the football pitch. Um I, I just don't think he contributes enough to the game and enough of an attacking threat at this level. We looked much better when we brought on uh, Nathan, if I can pronounce it, no, I'm not. I'm just going to call him Nathan Olong Caniero, is it? Um, when he came on, we looked we looked better. When we when Polion got his second goal for that period, you know, as I say, we had about 10, 15 minutes where we looked a bit lively, but it didn't last. And I watched us yesterday, and we just seemed to have... No options, no ideas when we're pressed and when we're forced to defend deep. This goes back to the same thing we've banged on about in previous seasons. We don't seem to have a a plan B to deal with it. 
clearly at this level, your opposition is going to be stronger, faster, more accurate, more skillful. And um, I've read today, I was reading the, the Fleet's review online about it and said, you know, we proved we can clearly live with the other teams at this level. Yeah, we can live with them. Yes, we can live with them. But it's sort of barely, isn't it, at, at times. And I just found it quite... Uh, Frustrating watching watching them yesterday uh, with very little impact on the game. I don't know. Maybe it's... Uh, I don't think it is. But maybe it's an instruction that we, we... I mean, we know Barnet are a good club. They had a good season last season. So maybe it, it, it was an instruction yesterday from Dennis to... Uh, let's not go for the win. Let's nick a win if we can. But more importantly, let's not concede, let's not lose this game. But it didn't work, unfortunately, and we ended up conceding three goals. Oh dear, never mind. On the plus side, if you look at the whole picture overall, six games in, one lost, one lost, one lost. Nine points out of a possible 18. And it puts us in league position six, uh, league position eighth after six after six games. So, do you know what? Take that, wouldn't you? At the end of the season, if we end up the end of this season, winning fifty percent of our games and losing fifty percent of our games, and we end up up somewhere around eighth or ninth, you'd take that all day long, wouldn't you? You'd be frustrated that we lost as many as we won. But certainly for our first season in this league, um, for a couple of years, you'd, you'd take that. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad. We've got... Um, I mean, it's a little bit of a false picture uh, that, that we're eighth because we've also got FC Halifax and Maidenhead in ninth and tenth that are on the same points as us with the same goal difference. So there's th three of us really in joint, you could say in joint eighth position or joint ninth or joint tenth position, whichever way you would, you would put it. But anyway, we'll take, we'll take that for now. We know we, we, we can win games because we've done it 50% of the time so far this season. We know we can get beat and that we're vulnerable when pressed, when pushed, when contained. And that is, is what we need to iron out of the game. We do need to work how to deal with teams that press us. And the thing is, clubs will do their homework. They would have had scouts there um, or representatives from other clubs would have been there yesterday. And no doubt, they'll go back to their team managers, coaches, and say, yeah, Ipswich are pretty good. They're all right. They can play football. Ball to feet. Pass and move. Playing in boxes. Yeah, they're very good at that. But 
They don't offer anything if you if you press them. They don't like you getting physical. They don't like you pushing them back. And that word will get round, and more and more teams will adopt it. And then we could find ourselves on a slippery slope. Hope we don't. Really, really hope we don't. And I'm sure that Dennis will look at that. I'm hoping he will look at that and make, you know, do the necessary adjustments to the team, to the squad that uh, that, that are required. On a good side, Podion. Come on, Dominic. Scored again. Two goals. Looking like he's uh, really got the taste now and got his scoring boots on for this league. Six games in, six goals. It was his 100th appearance yesterday. Um, must mention as well, it was also Ben Chapman's 100th appearance. Um, but do you know what? Six goals. Polion, six goals this season in six games. And in the last two games, he scored two goals in each. This boy is on fire. Love it. Let's just hope that that continues. Uh, what else have we got? Um, oh, a bad, little bit of bad news. Of course, Wakely was injured quite early on. Um, he he went down injured and was stretched off. We knew it was serious with the amount of time that they took to take him off. And then the fact that he was carried off on a stretcher, there seemed to be very little movement from him on the stretcher that I could see. I thought, oh, this doesn't look great. And apparently he was uh, taken to hospital. So good luck to Wakely. I uh, hope it's nothing too serious. hope you get a speedy recovery. And, uh, you know, we hope you're soon back shoring up the central defence. Um, because we miss you. He's a good, good player. So I hope you're not out too long. Um, what else have we got? That was the match yesterday. I'm not overly bothered. I'm a bit, little bit, little bit, um, little bit. What would you say? I'm a little bit frustrated at our lack of. We seem to have a lack of bite when pushed. When push comes to shove, we uh, we we seem to have a little bit of a lack of bite. But I'm sure that, uh, as I say, Dennis is going to work on that and. And uh, and we'll get there. So, let's talk about, for the final part, 20 minutes in. So, for the final five or ten minutes, not even that probably, let's talk about last podcast. I went on a little bit of a rant about our pasties. And the price of them that had gone up from £3.50 to £4. And I ruffled a few fe- feathers, I believe, because not long after publishing the the uh, the podcast with my rant on, um, I was contacted by the CEO... Damien, who was not amused at all that I'd put this in the podcast, telling me that the some of the, the staff were quite upset by it as well, which I found a little strange. But anyway, I'm, I was pleased to know that all the staff listened to my podcast. So if you're listening today, folks, uh, thank you very much. You do a wonderful job. 
as do the rest of the t- team at Ebbsfleet United. It's not just about the players, it's about the whole club. And I've said it before, our club at the moment is going places and that is not down to one person. It's down to all you guys that do a, a, an amazing job. So it wasn't a personal dig at anybody before anybody thinks that. And I understand you're very protective and precious about the jobs that you do and the product that you sell. Um, and Damien was a little bit peeved that I hadn't... Well, let me just tell you, first of all, my relationship with Damien goes back from really when he joined the club. Um, and I know Damien on a personal one-to-one basis. I have an open communication line with him to call him at any time. If there's any issues that I want to talk about or that concern me, I can give him a call. And I didn't on this occasion, Okay. I really didn't think it was worth it. It was just my little moan about the price of passes that I felt that the increase was too much. And as you know, if you listened to it last time, I put some information there that I believed was correct about where the passes are coming from, what type of passes they are, how much they probably pay for them. And I mentioned that, uh, you know, if they did a little bit of legwork, rather than passing the cost on to us fans, they could probably source them cheaper elsewhere. And I think that's probably what annoyed some of the club, some of the uh, members of the, I guess, catering team and buying team at the club. So Damien's concern to me was that I didn't ask him first why they were priced as they are. And I do understand that. I do have an open line. Um, I'm going to address that issue. I have addressed it with him, but I will address it on here too. I'm not going to come running to Damien Irvine, the CEO of a football club, over the price of a pasty. All right? There's bigger and more important things in, in the bigger picture that I might want to talk to him about. Otherwise, you know, at some point going forward, that might happen. Otherwise, I'm, he's going to get pretty peeved off, isn't he? At me phoning him every five minutes because the passes are too expensive um, or I didn't like the service in one of the bars or I'm not saying that's, that's the case. I'm just using fictitious examples, by the way, for any staff get worried, um, you know, or, you know, or I find a steward a little bit too... I'm not going to come running to you with that kind of stuff. I've said it before. I put it on my podcast because that's how I saw it. I wanted. That's how I felt at the time. It's my view. It may not be the view of everybody else in the club, or it may be. But I put it on my podcast, and if people want to listen to it and they agree with me, that's absolutely fine. If people don't want to listen to it and they d- disagree with me, that's fine too. Um. And that's the reason I didn't go to Damien, first of all, with something like that. If he wants me to, I will. I'm quite happy to. We did have quite a long conversation over this, by the way. In fact, he even wanted, he even asked me, invited me to switch my microphone on so that he could come on and explain fully um, the pricing reasons and everything else, um, but I was a little bit busy watching us beat Australia in the Women's World Cup at the time. So I'm, I'm wondering whether he may have been watching that and was a little bit annoyed. But anyway, um, he he did then end up giving me information, which I will pass on to you because it's only fair and proper that I do and give a, 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 a balanced 
response as to to my argument about the price of pasties in Pastigate. But he also brings up about the price of beer as well. But anyway, he basically has has let me know that the pasties are not from Pacapayas, which I believe they were, and they're not frozen, which I believe they were. Um, In fact, they come from, they're sourced locally from um, local um, bakers and butchers in and around the Northfleet and Gravesend area. And that's brilliant, by the way, supporting local businesses. I I applaud that. I understand that. Thank you for correcting me, Damien. Um, I think that's brilliant. And I have to say, they are a very nice pasty. He also said, with regards, because one of the other things that I mentioned was that I buy my pasties from the little hut next to the old wooden stand. And quite often they are run out. Even before the match has started sometimes, they've been run out. Which is frustrating. And David said, no, that's not the case. They're stocked to sell out by mid-second half. And eight out of ten times, that's what they do. And he then went on to tell me about, to talk to me, um, first of all, about the local the local suppliers in Northfleet and Gravesend, that like everybody else, like us as fans, like homeowners, like car drivers, like builders, merchants like greengrocers, their prices have gone up because their cost of living has gone up and their costs have gone up. Get that? Totally get that. I'm not saying that that's wrong. I do get that. And because of the prices that have gone up, gone up they have to then pass it on to the club. The club pays more. And, of course, they then have to recoup their losses. Ultimately, it comes down to the punter, doesn't it? It comes down to the... Joe Muggins pays the piper. That's how it works. It's a shame. It's a fact of life. It's no different to Tesco's or, you know, Shell Garages, which is even worse. But, you know, it's no different to, to, to your local... Shop, why have the price of eggs gone up so much? Well, to to the punter, well, because we're bearing the cost. Why should uh, why why should the retailer, or why should the supplier, or why should the grower, or well not the, not the chicken? They get nothing out of it, unfortunately. Um, but why why should you know an egg is laid, and the Supplier normally charges, I don't know, a, a penny an egg, let's say, to Sainsbury's. But his costs have now gone up for food to feed his chicken and for electricity to keep them nice and warm, etc., etc. So now he's charging us one and a half pay, one and a half pea per egg. And that cost now goes directly to the wholesaler who's bought it and the wholesaler then has got to pay an extra half p an egg on 10,000 eggs that they've just bought 
So they've got to pass that cost on now to the retailer who buys it. And the retailer doesn't want to be down with the millions and millions of eggs that they buy. So they pass that cost on and more to the punter, the end user, should we call them. We are the end user at the football club. So we bear the cost. Unfortunately, that's that's life and that's the way it goes. Uh, <clears throat> it, it's, it's sort of standard practice. You have to accept that. Damien then went on about wastage uh, as well, which is a, has a cost implement, implement Im, implication, um, saying that, you know, because I had said that they run out and they should be ordering more, he said, well, if you order more, you get more wastage, which is more cost, which will end up with a higher price point needed. Uh, my, he, he actually said that my argument lacked balance um, because it, it's, it's a, it is a balance. and My, my argument lacked logic as it's a, a balance and eight out of ten games that we don't sell out early. I don't agree with that. I will stand by my guns. I don't agree with that. We do run out early. Um, so because we run out early, I would say more often than not, from my experience, you don't have wastage. Well, you shouldn't have wastage. And why why have any wastage anyway, right? Why not reduce the cost, the price? If you've got... If you reach a point of the game, let's get, say you reach halfway through the second half and you think, oh, I've still got a few passes left and I've still got a few pies left at four pound each. What do they cost us? I don't know, whatever it is. I'm going to make this figure up. They cost us, they cost us 150, electricity, heating. But let's say they cost us two pound. We'll put them down to 250 to clear. Otherwise, they go straight in the bin. And that is wastage. But if you can at least recoup your cost price by selling them, even if you sell them at a loss, sell them at a pound, somebody will buy them at a pound each. You've got something back, haven't you? So there doesn't really need to be any wastage at all. Um, that's standard practice in a lot of retail. Smaller retailers will do that, certainly. Um, you might not make any money, but you won't make a loss. He did go on to say that the price is, as, as far as he knows, as far as the club's done, and they've done their research, are still below the market rate for football clubs, and we are very comparable in the area. I'm not going to argue with that because I don't know. I haven't rung around a load of clubs to get prices. Uh, he, meant, he then went on about, I mean, I didn't even mention Lager, to be honest, but um, he then went on to mention that the standard high premium Lager was at £3.80 for a pint for the last two seasons. Nowhere in 80 miles has had it as cheap as that. If that's true, I'm assuming he's talking about football clubs, by the way. If that's true, that's fantastic. And thank you very much. As a supporter, that's fabulous. But what about this season? It's very nice we've had it cheap for two seasons, yep. Doesn't mean to say you have to pay a penalty now, does it? Come on. And 
Damien did also go on about, did go on to mention um, other external factors that have pushed prices up. I'm not going to go through those. Um, they, they've decided not to make those factors public and it's not for me to, um, to divulge that and uh, for obvious reasons. But there are, there are other reasons that have put a cost and, and, and these are reasons that I do understand that have put a cost to the club where, you know, a considerable cost to the club, which which is unnecessary, but uh, unfortunately is, has happened. So that was the response that I got. It doesn't really change my view, if I'm honest. I take on board that um, I've got an open line to Damien, and I appreciate that, Damien, um, and I hope that that continues because I'm sure there will be times going forward when I do need to speak to you and clarify something far more important than the cost of a pasty. Um, I'm sorry if the uh, the catering teams and the staff were offended by my comments, but I have the right to have my view, as does every other football fan around the country who supports their club. Remember, it's my club. I'm here for life. You probably are not. But I thank you while you're here. Uh, that's all from me. I haven't really got anything else I want to go go on about. I think I've banged on long enough uh, for the last thirty four minutes. So I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, we're at home next week, so I shall be going to that. I'm off. I'm off for the weekend. So hopefully I'll see you down there. Hope you've liked this uh, this podcast. Do me a favour. If you've liked it, please subscribe, follow the normal things that I always say. Um, keep flying the red flag. Keep supporting the team. And uh, onwards and upwards, let's get out of here. Up the fleet. Up the fleet.